Welcome to episode number seven of the Gratitude and Grit podcast, hosted by Nick Prohaska and Brad Hokinson. We created this podcast for you to talk about real things with real people that everyone can relate to. Our goal with this show is to galvanize your community and provide you with the tools necessary to create a better you through gratitude and grit. On this week's episode, we are going to discuss CrossFit strategy. We will dive into the key components to help you better strategize your workout so you can maximize your results. So plug in, sit back, and enjoy the show. All right, so for episode number seven, we are going to talk about uh, CrossFit strategies and how to strategize a workout. So thinking back to when Nick and I created this podcast, this was probably one of the topics I really wanted to dive into because I think this is what separates the beginner uh, athlete versus the novice athlete. And coming off of um, the Open, um, there was definitely a lot of strategy into all those Friday night light workouts. And I know that one of the things that I wanted to do was always watch uh, wad prep uh, every Friday um, to get a better idea of how to do that workout. So I don't know why it always matters, but there's always a strategy element into our CrossFit workouts. And so this is definitely a very exciting topic to uh, discuss. So I got Brian in here. Uh, hello, hello. Going to help us break it down. Uh, gave Nick the week off. <laughs> and so um, CrossFit strategies. So why in CrossFit, Brian, do strategies matter so much? And why can we not just come out there and kind of give 100% and go from the time the clock starts? Well, the big thing being if you're giving your 100%, which is awesome, like give your 100% in anything that you're doing. But if you're over there destroying yourself for the first minute of a workout and you have 19 minutes to go, then you're not getting necessarily the same benefits as someone that's going to keep it at maybe a 80% pace the whole entire time and get a great workout. Uh, just because the 100% will then eventually fall off to maybe 50 to 40 to 30% because you're going to be having to rest a lot and you're going to be real tired. So when you think about a workout, do you um, think about it as trying to maintain 80, 90% for the entire duration of the workout? Or how do you think about it in your mind just right off the bat? That's that's definitely a big thing. 80, 90% is what I'm trying to stick with the whole time because by the end of a workout, when I'm pushing it to my max, my max is probably my 80, 70, 80% at that point in time. So an 80%, if you ever watch like Rich Froning, he even talks about it, I think in his first couple of championships he won about how you'll watch people beating him, but then he'll come in at the end roaring because he's still got some left in the tank. Even though it's not as 100%, he's maybe 80%, but he's destroying everyone else because of it. Yeah. And uh, so it's kind of a tortoise in the hare type of discussion. Exactly, yeah. And then when you're doing that, then if, so if we're doing a, a I'm going to say a 10-minute workout, and we have a minute left, then do you go max effort at that point, or when do you kind of flip the switch? Yeah, it depends on the workout and what I was doing the whole entire time. But, yeah, usually you could do it maybe two minutes before. Usually when someone's screaming at me saying 90 seconds left, I'm like, okay, I got 90 seconds. I can do anything for 90 seconds. There you go. All right, so to kind of help us um, talk about this uh, podcast, I've come up with kind of the five main I'm going to say workout types uh, in CrossFit. Um, and then I've also found a, a girl wad uh, that can go along with each one of those uh, that we'll kind of talk our way through. So 
those five type of workouts would be number one, an AMRAP. Number two, the 21-15-9 structure. Uh, number three would just be a max effort sprint. Uh, number four would be like a three rounds for time. And then number five is like a kind of a super long workout. A chipper uh, type style. Chipper salt. Yeah. Okay, there you go. So let's kind of dive into it. So number one uh, for the AMRAP discretion, uh, we're going to do uh, the workout Cindy, which is uh, an AMRAP 20. So five um, pull-ups, 10 push-ups, and 15 air squats. So we're going to do that as many times as possible for 20 minutes. So kind of break that down for us. Yeah, that type of a workout when you're doing an AMRAP is you ha- you have the rounds. You're you're shooting for rounds. So you may have to set it up with something 20 minutes long. You may want to set it up where I can do a round a minute. So then you turn it into like a every minute on the minute for 20 minutes. Do it that way. That may help you there as well. If you're struggling with, let's say, pull-ups, and you know you're going to just struggle the whole time on those, trying to get five strict, kipping, whatever it is, the the best thing to do would be to chip away at those right away, get them done, try to get them done so that you can get everything else done at, faster. So you're going to move slower on the pull-ups, but faster on your push-ups and uh, air squats. The you know, let's say you're good at pull-ups, but your push-ups are bad. And that there, there's always going to be something you struggle with. So you need to figure out what you struggle with and how you can take the least amount of time to do it. So if that's break them up, break up whichever ones to a smaller set, even though it says 5 or 10 or 15. But if you can break them up, rest for a second, break them up, rest, that's going to be how you're going to get through an AMRAP. You're not going to want to go all out right away, especially in a 20-minute AMRAP. A 10-minute, you know, you may want to push it a little harder at the beginning and then at the end. But in something that's a 20-minute AMRAP, you're going to want to go at a nice, easy, controlled, steady pace, get that breathing up, get that heart rate up so that it's not redlining and then redline at the end. So when you see that workout, um, do you immediately think of doing that workout unbroken? for each round, so 5, 10, 15, does that immediately come to your mind? For me, yes. I stare at that workout, and I try to think I'm going to do a round every 30 seconds. Okay. I'm sure that's what I'm shooting for. So five pull-ups would not be a challenge for you. Uh, Ten push-ups, again, probably not for you, but maybe for somebody like mm-hmm. me, it might be you know, a five and a five or six and a four, but then 15 air squats is not going to be a challenge for really anybody. Correct, Just yeah. to kind of knock those out. Um, but so you talked about focusing on kind of the weak movement and really trying to find a good way to get us through that. Exactly. Uh, so that's a good piece of advice. And then I, I you know, as we read this workout, it, it came back, I think the 20.1, um, was a burpee workout, burpee over bar, I think, and something else. Yeah, it was snatch and burpee over bar. It was ten, uh, eight snatches, uh, 10 burpees over the bar. And so when you're talking about an AMRAP and coming out of the gate hot, that's one of the things that sticks out the most from that workout was when I did it and then I helped judge few people afterwards is, you know, if the goal was to do a round in two minutes, yeah. we were coming out like in 60 seconds or 75 seconds. And I think that's the hard part of an athlete is to kind of dial back those first few rounds because yeah. you feel great. 
but then they end up catching up with you later. Exactly. Yeah. So anything that you do to kind of hold you back that first, so you mentioned 30 seconds around for this type of workout, would you try and watch the clock a little bit to make sure that you're at 30 instead of 15? Yes and no. I think the like that type of a workout or even a, a Cindy type of a workout that we're talking about, you're going to want to go, let's say you choose 60 seconds around, but you come out 45 seconds around. Well, you can always take that extra 15 seconds and just kind of rest, maybe chip away at one pull-up or two pull-ups something that's not going to spike your heart rate and then try to keep on, on a pace because eventually you will be around that two minute mark. So that first workout we did 20.1, I was a little faster than I wanted to be at the beginning, which was fine, but I wasn't struggling. If you feel that you're, Oh my God, that first round, just that was way too fast that I'm, I'm spiking right now. Then you need to step back from the bar, from whatever you're going to do next Take your deep breath, you know, take a couple of deep breaths as well. Okay, uh, so we'll go ahead and move on to the second workout, which is 21 15 9. Uh, and our example for this one would be the workout Fran, which is uh, thrusters and pull ups, 95 pounds for men and 65 pounds for women. So when you see that workout on the board, what do you immediately think of? Well, I've done it so many times now that I know my time I'm shooting for is three to three and a half minutes just because that's around the time I get it done. I'm always shooting for under three minutes. So I'm trying to see how I feel today. Are my thrusters, can I un, can I go unbroken on thrusters today? Are my pull-ups going to kind of struggle a little bit today? I, generally, when I do that workout, for whatever reason, on 15, I, my pull-ups just fall apart and I don't know if it's the grip or whatnot but then the nines I do everything unbroken as well I do 21 unbroken of everything 15 thrusters unbroken then my pull-ups for whatever reason I have to do like eight seven or ten five something like that a more of a, a like an intermediate av- athlete or a beginner athlete I'm always telling them you need to break it up into sets of three so that first 21 you may want to do like a eight seven six then the second you may want to do five, five, five or six, five, four for the 15s. And then the nines, it's just, you need to go. The nines, that round is your sprint round. That's your, I'm finishing. I'm about to be done. Go sprint. So anytime you see a 21, 15, nine sprint on those nines, no matter what, don't put the bar down. Don't stop doing pull-ups, whatever it is, just go because then you're done. And then a lot of people talk about in that workout that, uh, the 15 is the workout. The round of 15 is the workout. Correct. So 21, you're going to be feeling good because it's the start of it. So you're just like, are you in that go mentality too also? Yeah, because this is a sprint. 21, 15, 9, depending on the, the weights and kind of what you're doing in the workout. A Fran workout, you're you're sprinting the whole time. You're like, I need to go. The 21 usually spikes your heart rate, and that's why the 15 is always the hardest part because when you get done with pull-ups, you're just your your heart rate's through the roof at that point and then you do th- you go back into thrusters again which is almost a full body movement so you have no time for rest and that's the whole point of the workout is not to rest but if you're going to do let's say you had wall balls and deadlifts you know just so well what was, is it Diane that's handstand pushups not Diane what is it uh, which ones? I don't know the girl workouts. Okay, I think it's Diane. <laughs> or uh, yeah, it's Diane. I think it's the one where we did twenty point three. It was a deadlift handstand push up workout. That was twenty one fifteen nine as well. So that type of workout is going to be different. Can you sprint through all of your deadlifts, or can you sprint through all of your handstand push ups? Is it going to kill you for the next round? So you got to kind of think like that's 
a longer workout. It's a longer workout than Fran. A Fran, lots of people get it done. Lots of the elites get it done in two and a half minutes. But a workout with heavier weights or a bigger skill component, you may have to sit there and go, okay, I need to strategize. Even though it's I'm doing 21, 15, 9, I need to break up the 21 a different way, 15 a different way, and a 9 a different way. It's 45 total reps for each movement, but how are you going to break that up to get you through it? Yeah, and so you uh, you gave the the division of three for each one. Um, why not go about it as a division of two? So why not do uh, 11 and 10, you know, 9 and 7, or I'm sorry, 9 and 6, and then 6 and 3 or something like that? Why did you think of threes? I've done the twos plenty of times in my CrossFit career. The threes are what can get you back on it faster because you do – you would do seven, let's say you're doing seven, seven, seven for the 21. You do seven, drop the bar, step back for a second, get right back in front of it, pick it up. Boom. There you go. Now you can do seven again. You know, you can do seven again. If you're doing like 11, 10 type method or like a 15, six, you're getting too much of that heart rate spike. You're having to take deep breaths and you're having to kind of recover a little bit more than you do on a, on a three set. You think you're wasting more time, but really you're wasting more time doing a huge set, dropping it, and then having to pick it back up or get on the pull-up bar again. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, froning in the the first example. And so in this example, you know, froning is kind of highly acclaimed for his breathing method. Mm -hmm. And so, again, 21, you're going to break up into threes, drop to seven, came step back one or two breaths, and then go again. Exactly. Got to maintain that on the sprint-tile workout. So if you say... Three, I'm going to break up into threes. I'm going to take one breath in between just to kind of shake the arms and take a deep breath and then go at it again. What I think kills people is is to sit back and just kind of stare at the bar for five or six seconds and yeah. keep doing that. Yeah, because if you're not hurting that bad because of the three method, then you can pick it up. You know you can pick it right back up, especially on the round of 15. That's the round you want to get through. And then the nines, you're not going to break that up. You, you should not break that up. At least the thrusters, you should sit there and go, I can do nine thrusters. Maybe I have to do five, four pull-ups because I'm tired now. But you know you can do nine thrusters. Yep. And that's a good – you just touched on that right there because that was going to be the other question. So if I look at Fran, granted I'm not going to be excited about the thrusters, but the pull-ups is what's going to be a, a mm-hmm. factor for me. Um, so if I'm breaking it up into threes, um, so when I get to the round of nine, I don't know if I could do nine pull-ups at that last round – um, number one, that's a lot of pull-ups for me. I'm broken anyway, and especially after doing, uh, you know, 21 and 15 of them. So if I could do the nine thrusters, but I had to break up the pull-ups, maybe in my mind I could be saying, we'll do three, three, and three, or yep. try and do a five and a four. Yep. But I don't want to try and sprint my way through it and then do six, and then I fall down and I'm looking at the bar for 10 seconds before exactly. I jump back up there. Yeah, you got to know your limitations, especially if you know your weaker movement on a, on a gymnastic movement is going to be that you know diane is your handstand push-ups so that's where that's you're going to be your weaker movement so you may be able to go okay i gotta drop off the wall a few times on handstands but i can sprint through the deadlifts okay so in those two examples you made the um connection of kind of the weaker movement and so when you're looking at a workout you might already have something in your mind what you're thinking so you're kind of using that as your baseline but then the other thing seems like you're looking at is what is the weakest movement of that workout. Yep. Is that a true statement? Exactly. For you? Yeah. And then yeah. you'll say, okay, what do I have to do on that specific workout? Yeah. Okay. That's good insight. Um, so workout number three, um, we kind of noted as a max effort workout. 
Uh, and so that one is uh, Grace, uh, which is uh, 30 clean and jerks um, for time at uh, 135 pounds for a male and 95 pounds uh, for a female. So what do you uh, think of when you see that one? Yeah, when I see like a max effort type workout, um, like a grace, because you're trying to do your 30 clean and jerks as fast as possible, Isabel's, you know, the same thing. You're you're you're, you're maxing your, your movement, basically. Uh, with that, you're, you're trying to figure out how can I get through this workout the fastest way possible without redlining and keeping it at 80% the whole time. For me, I've done grace a bunch of different ways. Isabel, I've always done singles. I, I can't hold on. I've done a couple of times where I've done threes at the beginning, but then I just have to throw it down. Um, with this, you definitely want to get, you want to have grace as a, uh, or you want to have it one, one rep at a time. I, I believe for someone like me who can clean and jerk quite a bit. I know we have Steven, Jacob, those guys can clean and jerk quite a bit as well, but they're still doing singles. They may do a couple of, you know, three sets of threes in here but your heart rate's not ever going to spike. If you hold on to that barbell for 10 to 15 reps, it's going to spike. And then can you maintain another 15 or are you going to have to keep putting it down? Are you going to be breathing? Is it, is it not going to work? Yeah. I think for the novice athlete, the hubbub in the gym would immediately tell you that a strategy would be singles, mm-hmm. a lot of it. But I don't think the the novice athlete would pick up on kind of the redlining um, instead you would hear a message like this is a sprint. And so when I hear that message, you know, you got to go fast. Then I would say, okay, I'm going to come out of the gate 110% and I'm mm-hmm. going to try and ride it all the way. Um, whereas you kind of made the analogy of 80% kind of all the way there. So, um, how do you know when it's a sprint type of workout, uh, to not just go hundred percent? Because you want to, I treat the sprint workout as a hundred percent at the end. Okay and not at the beginning. So at the beginning, I'm going to go fast. Grace, I still go a little too quick out, out of the gate. Even Isabel, and that's the snatches, 135.95 for ladies. Y- you go a little quick just because you're amped up. You got that adrenaline, but then you got to kind of slow it down just a little bit. And then at the end, I may actually hold on my last five. I may hold on and do five clean and jerks at, at the end and, and to finish it off. Uh, another good one we have is fight gone bad. If you've ever done that, that's the three rounds and you have five, four different movements and then a rest at the end. That one is max rep movements as well, but for each minute and you're doing each minute, you have something that you're going to do max reps on. And then at the end, it's total reps that you maxed out. But that one, I'm not going to sit there and go the full minute doing uh, like a wall ball or a push press, which we have in there. I think there's box jumps too. So I'm not going to max out that whole minute, I'm going to sit there maybe with 10 seconds left and switch over to my next movement so that I can kind of rest and recover so that I'm not killing myself. Okay. Um, the next one is kind of a, a three rounds for time. Um, so the example here is uh, Helen, which is a 400 meter run, 21 kettlebell swings and 12 pull-ups. So when you look at that and uh, three rounds kind of tells you something. So you maybe start already dividing it by three and, you start looking at it, but what does that kind of workout tell to you or, you know, speak to you about? Yeah. Those rounds for time workouts, those are real good. I, I love them. The, when you're like looking at a three rounds for time, 
you're doing your first round and you're like, okay, get through this round. Then you get that second round and you're like, oh, I have one more round left. And then that third round is where you should start picking it up. That's where you should try to speed everything up, get going a little bit quicker. I know like Helen, you have the 400 meter run. So your first two runs might not be fast, but your last run, you should kind of push it a little bit more. The kettlebell swings for me, I'm always like, I'm going to do them unbroken anyways, but maybe that last round, I'm trying to move a little bit quicker on the swings. And then the pull-ups, you know, I'm always trying to do those unbroken. We just did it a couple weeks ago at our new gym. And the old gym, I had better times, but that was because I don't think it was a full 400. I think we kind of dis- we discussed that as coaches. We we're like, yeah, it's a little, a little shorter at the old one. So this one, I, I did it in like 8.30, but I tried to run harder that last run, even though my first run was faster. So I knew my first one run was faster, but I tried on that run so that the last two movements that we had was the the swings and pull-ups. I just came in and did those as fast as I could too. So that again, you're going to go at a nice pace at the beginning. That second round, you're like, well, I'm in my second round. This sucks. I got one more round to go. Then you get into that third round and you're like, all right, let's go. This is the workout. The third round is the workout. Yeah. So let's maybe break that one down a little bit. Um, Cause again, we just did, uh, we just did it a few weeks ago. So it's maybe fresh in somebody's head, but you know, so the way maybe you would look at it is, okay, 400 meter run, I'm going to do that in, you know, a minute 30 or two minutes or two thirty. So you can kind of do some numbers in your head. Mm-hmm. I, I remember them specifically talking about, yes, you want to try and do the 21 kettlebell swings unbroken, mm-hmm. which I think most people do. And they would probably scale the weight a little bit, but, uh, would you break that into twos or threes if you were to break that up? The kettlebell swings, depending on how, so if you're if you're a guy and you want to do the 53s and you're confident in doing 53s, and that twos would be okay. Um, you might want to try the beginning two rounds uh, unbroken, go as many as you can, and that last round you may want to break it up. You could always break it up into threes. You just have a little bit of a a problem with because it's not your 21 15 nine. Mm-hmm. You're you're gonna have to do big sets, yep. and so breaking it up into threes is good as well, but you're gassed from the running and you're gassed. Now you're, you're throwing around the kettlebell and you're trying to hold on to it. If your grip is going, then yeah, put it down. But if it's just your cardio, no, keep going. You can, you can keep, it's a nice pace. It's, you can keep those swings going nice and easy, nice and easy the whole yep. time. Get your hips into it. Your pull-ups, you may have to break those up. You depend. There's lots of people that do struggle with pull-ups and you're going to do 36, I think it is. So, yeah, you're you're probably going to want to do lo- lower sets on pull-ups and that's where you go fast on the 400, go fast on the 21, break up your pull-ups. Okay. Yeah, so when I did this, I don't have an issue with the running, I don't have an issue with the 21 kettlebell swings, but the pull-ups again would be a differentiator for me. And so would you advise me to all three rounds, I know I got to break them up. So would that be a 6 and a 6? Or would that be a seven and a five? Or would that be three sets of four? What would you kind of advise? On that, I, I'm I'm a big proponent in doing the bigger number first and then the little number second. So if you're going to do three sets of that, instead of doing four, 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 I want you to do five, four, three. Okay. I always want you to do, because you're fresh at the beginning, you're weak at the end. So always go go bigger on the beginning if you're going to do three sets or even two sets. So if you do two, I do seven, five just because you're more fresh at the beginning and you can always do, you know, you can do this many. So, but at the end you can't do that many because 
you you have 12 to do. Yep. So you're just weaker at the end. So would you ever look at a workout like that and say, okay, round number one, I'm going to do 400 meter run, 21 kettlebell swings, pull-ups, uh, seven and five. And then round two, I'm going to do, um, you know, five, four, three. And then round three, I'm going to do five, four, three as well. Would you ever kind of mix the strategies in between or just to try and have the same strategy for the entire workout and then just kind of ad lib as necessary? With this, whenever I'm coaching anyone or even let's say it was a, a bigger set um, where I knew I needed to break it up, I'm going to go that 7-5 at the beginning and then at the end I'm going to do the, the sets of three because you can drop down and then get right back up on it The just with the less rest. At the beginning, the first two rounds, everyone's going to be a little bit more fresh on those. Forearms are going to be hurting from the kettlebell swings. But yeah, seven five, seven five. But then in the back of your mind, I always tell you you have a three rounder kind of ready, like a five five four three. Just yep. have that ready, just in case you have to scrap your first idea. Yeah, I just and when I did it, I on the third round, the twenty one kettlebell swings were hard because mm-hmm. uh, your shoulders are pretty much shot at that point. But yeah. I remember Christine yelling at me, you know, try and do all twelve, and it was like no way. <laughs> I mean, my my shoulders were shot, so I tried to do I think six and six. Um, and I struggle with that. And, but then you, so then you kind of get into that, well, I'll, I'll do four and then you do three and then you do two and then you do one, yeah. one, one. So I think that's kind of the failure point of this conversation and that workout that it'd be nice to coach our novice athlete or athletes to avoid is to avoid that failure or failure situation where they just go to singles and you're doing 12 singles. That's going to yeah. take longer than the whole workout. And, and these workouts are good too, because while you're doing a workout, you're in your head the whole time. You don't want to be sitting there just like, okay, I'm running now. I got to go do kettlebells. You're like sitting there kind of strategizing with yourself. What does my body feel? What can I do? So you need to sit there and, and do what your body's telling you to do, but also push it a little bit too. You can't just sit there and go, well, I'm tired, but you're not really tired. You know, you haven't exerted enough. Yeah. Maybe have a positive self, self talk. Exactly. To try and work the scenario to set you up for success. And so instead of saying I'm dead tired and I'm just going to do 12 singles, maybe try and come up with a strategy there that gives you some positive momentum. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's a good one. I sorry to belabor that, but I think that's a very apropos workout for, you know, our gym, our community, um, to kind of work our way through that one. And that's a, that's a good one to talk about. So, uh, the last workout, um, so large sets, uh, which you also talked about as a chipper workout. And so for that, uh, Annie, uh, which is 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, uh, double unders and sit-ups. So you look at that, that's a lot of reps. So what do you, uh, what do you think about when you see that kind of workout? Though, like an Annie workout, those chippers where you're going 50 down, I mean, Annie especially, you're always trying to go unbroken on the double unders. Sit-ups, you have to just do sit-ups. You can't necessarily stop, but you can go slower on your sit-ups because you can speed your double unders up. You can go slow on double unders, fast on double unders. Same thing if you don't have double unders, you have single unders only. You can go just as fast as someone doing double unders. You can also go slow too. You can take your time. We all know when we say, okay, do slow singles and we're warming up and then, oh, now speed it up this next round. Now go as fast as you can. So everyone can do those quick and you can kind of pick up your, your sit-ups a little bit quicker if you need to, or uh, if you're going to go slower on your, your sit-ups. Yeah. And so in this type of chipper workout, you know, it's going to be a long one. You know, you're going to be in it. So just uh, maybe try and focus on that 80% level or 
uh, speed and just try and just go, right? Yeah. Just get in there and start working. These workouts, you get a lot of fail or fatigue setting in. So your abs on this type of a workout, it's 150 sit-ups. So your, your abs are going right away or not right away, but like that round of 40, you're really going to feel it. 30 and 20 are just brutal on your, on your stomach there. Anything else, if you're doing like 50 wall balls, 40, you know, lunges and so on, on, on down the line till the 10 gets to the hardest, you're, you're still fatiguing on whatever movement that you're doing. So those type of workouts. So uh, an Annie, I'm going to tell you not to break anything up. I'm going to tell you to go through anything where it's different movements for every 10 reps for like for the 50 reps and then 40 reps is a different movement. 30 is a different I'm going to tell you, you're going to want to break them up a little differently depending on how you're doing it. Not obviously the threes because it may be a lot of reps of, let's say, wall balls or like a calorie row at the beginning. You're not going to want to break them up in a way that you're doing singles and you're not going to want to break them up into three reps for like a a novice athlete or an intermediate athlete. You're going to want like our beginner athletes. I'm going to tell you, break it up into maybe five sets sit there and do tens the whole time. And then the next set of 40, maybe break it up into tens again. If it's a struggling movement or if it's something you're great at, then get through that and then go, go to something else. So how would you break up sit-ups? Um, Cause we talked about, you're really not going to break it up. You might go slower, but I mean, you're not really going to get up and stand up, right? Yeah. Because your, your you're, abs, I mean, they, you can sit there and go in a down, not a down dog, a uh, up dog. You go in an up dog maybe to stretch them out, but I wouldn't do that. I would do that at the end once you finish it. I mean, I, I, if you're going to break up your sit-ups, you're going to want to do like 25 rest. Just sit in the sitting position. Just hold your feet and just sit there. Don't lay down. Just kind of sit in that sitting position, kind of breathe a little bit, and then go back and do and do a bunch of sit-ups. That's how we mainly rest in the sit-ups anyways. I, it's better on your diaphragm, plus you don't have something pushing up on under your back like the, the ab mat. Yeah. What about um, in between sets? So after you do your set of 50 and before your set of 40, um, you know, take a few breaths or recollect yourself or just try and go into the next one. I mean, maybe after the sit-ups, take a, take a breath or two to get those double-unders. Your heart rate will lower on the sit-ups because it's not a, um, you're not expanding or expending a lot of energy doing sit-ups. You're just working one muscle group, which is your abs. So your abs are going to hurt a little bit, but you're not going to be breathing a lot and your heart rate's not going to be spiking. So your heart rate spikes on the double unders and the sit-ups are a rest. That's why I always tell you, just, just keep going. Don't break up your sit-ups. Keep going, keep going because that's your rest and that will lower that heart rate. Yeah. I remember doing this workout. We actually did it this year, um, or here in the last two months. Um, and it's for double unders, it's challenging because your shoulders kind of, you know, get, get really tired. Yes. And I'm not an expert at double unders, but it's hard to do that many double unders where your shoulders kind of light up. So I would break it up. You know, I was trying to do like 25, 25 or try and break up into two sets. So I would do like a 20 and a 20 cause it's, it's hard for me to, you know, do 50 or 40 or even yeah. 30 double unders in a row, especially as you start to fatigue. But the sit-ups is really just fighting the cramp. You mm-hmm. know, you could do the sit-ups, but your stomach starts to cramp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so you're just trying to fight through that. So. Yeah. I always tell people too, like you need to throw your hands. So when your hands are touching the ground behind you, throw them between your legs. Don't throw them up in the air, like towards the ceiling, throw them towards your feet. And that'll help your abs a little bit. That generates your, a little bit of power coming from your arms. The weight is going to get thrown forward. 
the double unders, yeah, that's a good point too. So if you don't have 50 in a row and you can only do, let's say your max is like 25. Yeah. You may want to do 10, stop, 10, stop, 10, stop, instead of whipping yourself the whole time, yep. but be prepared. You may get three and then mess up and then you may be able to do another 10. And so then your numbers are going to be kind of off, but it's not, this isn't the workout where it's going to just spike you the whole time on the double unders. The first two, 50 and 40, may be a little hard to get through, but then 30, 20, and 10 are pretty easy to get through after you get done with that. Nick and I did it, God, I think we did it for two or three months. Every Thursday we'd do it, and we got our times just a little bit better. You, you'll be surprised if you start doing this once a week how stronger your abs get and how fast, how much faster you can do them because of that. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a good uh, discussion on the five different types of workouts uh, and having Brian break those down for us. So one underlining theme that um, I want to at least touch, talk, touch about quickly, uh, as we talked about this in each one, is kind of the concept of CrossFit counting and why when you have, you know, a 15 and nine, or I'm sorry, a 15 rep, why do we always give it a, a nine and a six? Why not just give it like an eight and a seven or or why not to give it three sets of five? Like, why do we do CrossFit counting? Is that really such a thing? Yeah, I mean, it definitely is. There, you want your bigger sets at the beginning when you're more fresh, and then you want your you want to make it easier for yourself at the end. That's whenever you're in a competition, especially if you're doing four workouts a day in a competition, you need to kind of figure out how am I going to get through this from the first workout to the last workout the 15 reps, nine, six is great just because now I have to do six in your head. You can talk to yourself and just go, all right, I just did nine. I'll have to do a six. I just have to do six. I just have to do six. But if you're breaking it up and doing eight and seven, or if you had a even number, so like a 20 rep and you did 10 and 10, if you knew how bad that first 10 were, do you know how bad the second 10 are going to be when you're, you're fatigued? So breaking it up into a bigger set at the beginning just mentally at the end helps you because then you finish that six and you're like, okay, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Now I can go do my next movement and then break that up however you need to. Awesome. All right, Brian. Well, thank you for breaking that down for us. And uh, hopefully, um, you know, this helps out everyone as they kind of think about your strategies. Uh, Definitely encourage you to talk about it with your coach when we do the workout. Uh, but try and take those few tidbits um, with you as you go to prepare for your next workout. So automatically start breaking it down into different sets. Uh, think about your weakest, your weakest movement, as Brian alluded to, and f- you know think about what it would take to do that uh, within that time frame. So if it's you know pull-ups, you know, and that's your weakest movement, then think about that over the life of the workout and how you could break that up. Um, I think at the end of the day, we're just trying to avoid the downtime which is the time that you're just staring at something and you're not getting to work. <laughs> you're not, out getting, yeah. <laughs> not getting it in. It's okay to take a breath or two, but you know, instead of going into the chalk bucket for 15 seconds, just to stare at it, that's not exactly uh, getting it done any better. So exactly. all right. Appreciate it. Yep. And that's a wrap on episode number seven. And a big thanks to Brian for filling in for Nick to help us break down our strategy for our CrossFit workouts. And thank you to the community for joining us. Please don't forget to subscribe to the Gratitude and Grit podcast and join us every week for the new episode. If this podcast is delivering value to you and your life, then let us hear about it. If we are missing something, then please let us know by sending your questions or comments to podcast at kcicrossfit.com. And for this particular episode, 
If you are imploring one of those strategies that we talked about, then uh, please let us know by sending your emails to podcast at kcicrossfit.com.